Welcome back to Not 97, providing music discovery and in-depth discussion week in and week out. Today we're blessed to be joined by the one and only Mark Kelly, the bassist of the legendary Roots crew. Kelly comes to the table with Scottish producer Sam Gallatry's mesmerizing groove, Hibernation, and a hove-ready instrumental by Detroit beatmaker Sage Monstrosity. We dance through Black Grapefruit's genre-bending bop mind, bounce along with Dublin-based Jafaris's otherworldly found my feet. We find solace in our records in the wake of lost love with the nude party and float off with Jacob Bagawa's Velvet Light. Live from only New York, this is not a podcast. This is not a radio show. This is Not 97. Enjoy. Welcome back to Not 97. Not a podcast, not a radio show. We are here in the Lower East Side at Only New York. We've got the crew, the new crew around the table. A special night right now. We've got Dave Jones. Good evening. And our host, Permanent Katie host. Drell. Hey. Katie, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank how are you, you so feeling? much. Thank We're you for having me. Oh, I, I really, Katie, it's an honor to be here. You don't have to say that anymore. <laughs> we want to send all our love to Rashad out in London. Bless his heart. And we want to welcome a very special guest in the shop this evening, Mr. Mark Kelly of the legendary Roots Crew. Mark, how you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? Tell us a little about what you do, who you are, where um, you hail from. Uh, originally, I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm a, I'm a bass player. I've uh, played bass for ever since I was 13. And a bunch of I've always been in bands ever since. I literally, when I first got my first bass on Christmas Day. That evening, I was in a rock band rehearsal. So it's almost like I had... How'd that happen? Because a friend of mine was a drummer. We went to church together. Mm. And he had a heavy metal band. They needed a bass player. They didn't have one. And I was like, if I get a bass, then I can be in the band. So I got a bass for Christmas. And that was the first one. I'm coming over. Incredible. we did. I had a rehearsal. And then it just kind of went on from there. I've always been in a bunch of bands. And I went to uh, Berklee College of Music and left there and came to New York. Played with bunch of different people, uh, jazz musicians, funk musicians, and then eventually landed in the roots. And you also DJ. I DJ. I'm a beat maker. We're very happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. We're going to get into it, and so we'll show you what we do. We're just going to go around and intro and play music and talk about it. The first one I have, it's a nod to Katie's first show, because I think this is a Katie pick. This is an artist named Indigo D'Souza, founded on Fresh Finds, but still... Very low. That was like kind of an, their first little break. Less than 100 SoundCloud followers. They come from Asheville, North Carolina. This is off their first full-length record, and it's called I Love My Mom. And this song is called Home Team.
Yeah, Indigo D'Souza, home team. Definitely a Katie pick. Also pandering to Mark with the bass intro. That song is too good for this small band from North Carolina to have <laughs> made. I love like the vulnerability in it, the like how unapologetic it is, and how delicate that intro is. And then it like fills out and just like gets you going. I think it's definitely a Katie pick. I'm curious about what you think a Katie pick is, though. Like I agree. I'm just wondering. But before you answer, I want to say one thing I liked about it is how it kept building and then not actually dropping. I yeah. thought that was fascinating. Yeah. Or like it didn't ruin it for me or anything. Like it was just like, oh shit, it's kind of teasing, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, definitely super surprising. Yeah. Definitely super surprising. That intro though was so good. I mean like so delicately played and sung and it was it was just really almost perfect. Like I think it like kind of set the mood almost perfectly. And then when it kind of got to that point where it was about to break and just pulled back to that vulnerability was was I guess like pretty mature. I mean, mostly if like especially if you're a young band, you want to like kind of push full force, but to like have the the foresight to maybe pull it back a little bit is is a, definitely an interesting decision. Uh-huh. I, I have the same feeling. I felt like they kind of kept you on the edge the entire time. Like you were, yeah. I was, I kept waiting for something to happen, and I never did. But I wasn't disappointed. You know, I mean, something was happening and did right. happen. It was good. You know, I was just expecting some type of resolve to happen and it never did. And that was fine though. I think I like it because like the, and the whole like uh, layout of the song is like, you know, this like high school love story where she's like watching him, his team play and she's like, I don't give a fuck about this dude. Like, what am I doing here? And so maybe there's like that energy in the song where it's like, it's almost just a moment of reflection where you're like, the whole song is just like a moment of maturity to be like, I don't know, like the end of high school when you look around and you're like, like, what are we all doing? Mm-hmm. And like, who are we? You know, like, and does any of it matter? But there's also this kind of lyrical trick that she does like towards the end where she switches the gender where she's like, I want to be the girl like yeah. on the home team. But it's like, why are you not rooting for me? And I think that kind of like fits in with the why it never kind of actually builds up to where it's promising to go, where it's like, you know what? No, I'm not doing this. So shifting to something that is very much not a Katie pick, Mark, tell us a little bit about Sam Geltry. From what I remember reading this kid, he started doing music through um, PlayStation. There was like some music production game or whatever, and that's how he first started making music. And then he started, I think, I'm not sure what he uses now, but he developed, he started going on to making DJing and doing stuff on his computer. And then he went to college for like maybe a semester to take like music business classes. And then he left and just started making music out in the real world. And everything that this kid put out that I listened to blew my mind. I thought this kid was incredible. Like, and it, almost like it was unreal. Like, I feel like there's like some type of trick, <laughs> something he's doing that I'm, I'm not quite sure what or there's something I'm not sure what but it's real like very uh, magician like a lot of his production stuff but really dope producer first time I heard his shit I thought it was you know some of the best shit I heard in like a long time this is Hibernation by Sam Gallatry
Yeah, it sounds like he just like hacked life somehow. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's so cool. It's a quickie, but yeah. it's rich. Yeah. It's like crazy putting it in the context that he first started making music on like a video game console. Yeah. That has to provide such a different foundation for how you just approach music. And it's Absolutely. crazy to think about like all these kids now whose like first musical experience is like an NPC like app on an iPad or, yeah. or, or like some other music game where you're like interacting with, with sound in some different way. And it like it totally shows with the, that mix of like different rhythms and how everything's like pulling a little bit, but it like all kind of coalesces in this like super lush way. Yeah. I mean, and he's different for what's going on now. Like the, the technology I think has made it to where everybody sounds the same because everybody's using the same right. shit. You know, so all these trap beats and all these other, every, it's really literally taking like the Mickey Mouse face and dropping it on the on the track and then you have a beat you know mm -hmm. and all this shit sounds the same this dude is using the same shit everybody else is using but somehow he has his own sound like all, all like all that wonky discombobulated drum grooves yeah like, i love shit like that you know so that's like for him to to still design that type of shit using the technology that that's out there today is you know it's incredible the thing about this that i was impressed by is you know the monotony in a lot of music right now especially a lot of kind of electronically created stuff it doesn't give the benefit of the doubt to the music listening audience this is so full and rich and he's doing so many things at once that i mean there was one point where i thought I'm not going to be able to keep track of everything that he's doing right now, but I did, and I was better for it, you know? And I, there were a couple times where I started kind of smiling, where I was like, I cannot believe he just yeah. did that. And it's sort of flattering uh, to the audience to hear that, where it's like, oh, he trusts that I'm going to be smart enough to follow this. <laughs> like, I like that. I also really appreciate that intro. This song is so heavy in, like, the whole vibe right when it drops, and you're just, like, in it. And so... I appreciate that intro and it for me like you're like closing your eyes for me it kind of feels like you'd be like walking through a city at night or something and there's just that like very mellow keys and then you like just pop into a club and immediately like it drops and you just get like taken over by yeah, it. Yeah. And I know like while I was listening to that, like I just closed my eyes and like Katie, I saw that your eyes were closed and it's like you just want to like close your eyes and like get that whole scene and like let that music paint it for you, mm -hmm. you know, and like and feel that feeling, I guess, you know, like I, I, re I want to be in some like dark, I don't know, like sweaty basement in London where this dude is spinning and like right. that shit drops. Yeah. Know? And it's kind of like jazz too, where yeah. like there's nothing about it that you're going to be able to anticipate what's going to come next. Right. So you just got to like be a part of it. Right. Just let it take you. You have to and live in it, right? It's still so funky too with like that bass right. line kind of like underpinning everything once yeah. it comes in. It's just like so well crafted and like you don't notice it if you don't want to. If you want to be enchanted by like everything else going on around it, you can gravitate and kind of pop between different sounds or if you just like want to move and like feel the rhythm of it you have that like super strong spine that's still just like amazingly composed and amazingly played and just like sounds so lush and yeah good, right? yeah yeah and i appreciate that and producers like katie you're saying like sounds like uh has like jazz elements and that's something we talked about with stro when he played um eric lau which is like having a producer that can take elements from like jazz improvisation and and elements from funk and stuff like that and kind of like loosen those boundaries and just kind of do whatever the fuck they want almost yeah. just like take it on and and go with it and I, I appreciate a producer being like nah i'm just gonna like i'm gonna do my thing yeah katie all right so where are we going so this band is called the nude party i don't love the name <laughs> you know <laughs> if i'm gonna be super honest it's like not Whatever. I'm not going to... No judgment because they're very, very talented. The song is called uh, Records. They have 6,300 Facebook followers. You know, they all met at Appalachian State University. I discovered them because, you know, I like to trawl alt-weeklies. And they... Uh, I was reading something about them on the 11th hour, which is Making Georgia's alt-weekly. And it's I really good. I love this, that you're like <laughs> shouting out alt-weeklies now. Yeah, I mean, I like analog. And uh, they actually are signed to a label there on New West, which is a label I very much like. And their record, I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, their record comes out July 6th. It's their debut self-titled. This is The Nude Party with Records.
Love a fade out. <laughs> so what I like about them, it's funny because actually listening to that again, just kind of, I, I was gonna say that they don't super remind me of Appalachian State. Sounds like they should be playing like Max's Kansas City, like they're doing a little like Mick Jagger, yeah. like a Velvet Underground-y impression. A little bit of honky tonk there. Yeah, it's country though. There's a, a campfire, but it's like winking country. You know what I mean? It's not like born like died in the wool country it's like oh no raised on rock gonna try on country like Mick Jagger wild horses they go camping I don't know if they do if they go camping, they're like smoking cigarettes the entire oh, yeah, yeah. time. Just cigarettes yeah. and whiskey, but they are camping. Yeah, like they will go camping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think their their musicianship is really good. It's just like tight. I really liked it. I mean, I thought they like, they kind of nailed that country meets like rhythm and blues area super well. Um, and I think it's like super tough, like especially like in contemporary like Southern music or like a contemporary rhythm and blues to get to that place and have it feel authentic. And like, sure, Katie, it, it might have been winking, but it still felt like from a musical standpoint, like they nailed it. And it, it very much had that recorded in the same room at the same time vibe to yeah. it, which, which, which I love. Like you could kind of hear the interaction. Like the band was so tight. Um, I mean, to be the old man in the room, I always wish the vocal was a little louder and like the solos were a little louder. And like to me, like that's like where like the kind of wink came through where it's like if they really committed, like those solos would have been like screeching loud. It's um, a little garagey in that way. It's a little garagey in that way. That's why I say it like winks at it where it's like, no, it's like a garagey production and like they're kind of like garagey about it. But it, there's a little of that like kind of country irony thing. I mean, this song could also be my anthem because of that hook that I don't need your love. I just need my records. I, I empathize with that. That's my life. My favorite is when he breaks in. He's like, I don't need your affection. Oh, darling. All I need is my bootleg collection. And you're like, I feel you. <laughs> that was great. I love the band. They really, they played well together. They definitely created a vibe. Whoever, I don't know who recorded it, but the recording itself sounded really good too. Yeah. I really liked it. Played really well together. I enjoyed it. I want to hear more. Dave. Yeah. 
Where are we going? So we're going to talk about a young man named Marcus Adam tonight. We're going to try and keep the intro a little short in honor of our boy Rashad. Talk about pandering to a bass player. This is a good bass line. Okay. But Marcus Adam has also collaborated as a vocalist with Gorillaz and Smashing Pumpkins before. This is his solo debut. This song came out 19 days ago. Within those 19 days, it's garnered about 1,800 streams on SoundCloud. Um, his SoundCloud page only has like 17 followers. His Twitter page has like 2,000-ish followers. Let's jump in and talk about it after. So once again, the artist, Marcus Adam, the song with the good bass line, Son of a Bad Man. But to me, you seem confused So concerned and consumed with what I do I'm just trying to live You just trying to make me better It's not your fault See, I've always been this way I'm just a product of my father Some things never change I'm just trying to live just trying to make me better Always on the run I think that you should know That I'm the son of a bad man I'll never trust no one And that's just how it goes Cause I'm the son of a bad man Got some habits from acts and places I have been Swore on my mama that I'd never be one of them It's better you know now Before I let you down Please understand I've seen things that I can't unsee It's not your fault that this is my reality It's better you know now Before I let you down Always on the run I think that you should know That I'm the son of a bad man I'll never trust no one And that's just how it goes Cause I'm the son of a bad man Marcus Adam, son of a bad man. Baseline thoughts. I like the baseline. The baseline was very simplistic, but it was it grooved. The main boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. That was hip. And then I like how you know how he uh, went to his, you know, his eighth note driving groove. Yeah. It was cool. It was real simplistic, but it was funky. I dug it. I did see your face when he popped above the twelfth fret, yeah. like during that breakdown yeah. one up high there. Yeah. That was a nice touch. Yeah, it was nice. That it was, was nice. nice. It was nice. It wasn't, you know, it didn't go too over the over the edge. You know, everything was it was cool. I dug it. But I mean, I could also hear someone just like slaying that on upright. Oh, absolutely. If somebody redid that, yeah, absolutely. If if some type of some jazz trio or yes, somebody redid this song, yes, absolutely. I think that maybe 
better than this. It could kind of be coy. <laughs> that was good. That would, that would be really interesting to hear. It's funny that you said grooved because that was like the only word I wrote during anything that was gross. <laughs> it's, it's got a groove. It's funny because I was thinking like, oh, is this a kind of sit on your porch and chill song? It's a little too sinister for that, I think. Yeah. Dude has an incredible voice. I love his vocal delivery and I love that the lyrical content is like kind of piercing and, and serious and shit like that but it's delivered in such like a sweet manner that you are like grooving and feeling it but you like key into what he's saying and you're like damn like homie's trying to tell you that he's been through some fucked up shit yeah yeah I mean, which is a very blues thing absolutely it like definitely gets back to the tradition of it i have like a list of gotta loves that i just kept writing <laughs> when i was listening to this so, like first like gotta love that voice and like you're saying with the delivery matt gotta love the voice it's strong it's commanding it's at the forefront it's never outshone by anything it's great Gotta love the random harmonies popping in and out. Very much like a soulquarian trope that I love hearing people do. Gotta love those vibe chops. Like another, he did his homework. He found cool shit. You gotta love those horns, especially like the little bit of plunger trombone like kind of buried in there right before the bridge. You gotta love that drum programming. Like super swingy, like the super sloppy, like two snare samples, like kind of layered over the top of each other, but not like exactly quantized on top of each other. Love that shit. And then like we were saying, when that bass like finally pops to the 12th fret and even honestly, like when the bass like goes to the B section, like kind of after holding down that main line for so long, it's like so cathartic. And that's the only thing that changes in that groove when it goes from the A section to the B section. But like that moment releases so much tension just from like changing the, the second note the bass is going to. I thought it was really well done. The caveat is that, you know, I'm a much more emotional listener. I don't know as much about that technicality of music you know much more about music than i do that song 45 seconds shorter i'm not gonna argue that wow <laughs> as long as it went without a change i thought it could be a little bit more ambient but that sinister vibe i was like all right this is like maybe ramping up to something i don't know maybe i i just think that i got like a sense of okay if this is gonna be a sinister song then like maybe it's the emotional part but I was having trouble like really building a like groove to it do you know what I mean like I love what he's saying here and I love like uh this kind of catharsis with him like kind of like it's it's daddy issues really or it's like <laughs> yeah. it's an anthem to daddy issues I wish Dave introed this as this is an anthem to daddy issues so <laughs> most things okay. are we're switching up the vibe a lot of different times tonight, and I'm with it. This next song is a group called Black Grapefruit. It's a duo, Rhonda Smith and Brian Decker, and they are from Portland originally. Shout out to Portland, Oregon. Formerly were called SOS and then changed their name to Black Grapefruit and are about to release um, a debut in, on August 10th called All My Relations. This song was recorded, though, in Brooklyn. I don't know if they're Brooklyn-based, but it was recorded in Brooklyn. They've been, like, buzzing a little bit. They have about 4K, 4K on SoundCloud, under 1K on Twitter, but Fader premiered this song. And, yeah, I've been feeling positive summer energy in New York right now, and this is soundtracking it. So this is Mind by Black Grapefruit. <laughs> Thank you. 
fucking vibe i want to read this quote that they gave the fader for this premiere because i think it's incredible they said the inspiration came from the energy and sounds of the backyard family cookouts that became so dear to us while we were living in brooklyn we wanted the song to feel like a dj mixed a lady smith black mamboza acapella over a soca beat something fresh and electric yet familiar enough to feel near to the source life is really beautiful and carefree sometimes and we wanted a song on the album to reflect that because so much of our work is dense and emotional i fucking love it do we need to say anything else i don't know as somebody who loves lady smith black mombazo and soca i really dig that not for either of the reasons i like those things so at first i was like this is a very sort of like i thought like the first half a netflix executive was gonna like watch it and be like we should do something a rom-com based on <laughs> uh summer in brooklyn and, you know, it just has that, like, kind of, you can't hate on it, right? It's just, like, universally lovely. And then when it kind of switched over, it became something sort of unexpected and, like, deeply romantic and warm and um, very nice, yeah. I liked it. <laughs> You're saying everything. I mean, it, 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 it was great. Like, I can I can absolutely see. I, I feel like that is something I would hear more so over in Europe than here. But um, In what way? Well, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's something I would hear... More like I saw like the brief like the kind of not trap nod that it did yeah. halfway through, but it wasn't really you know what I mean. Like yeah, it was kind of yeah. there. Like I mean, I feel like it's not for for radio play here, or I mean, not and who's talking about radio play? But I think it, for, as far as popularity, I think it would be more popular in Europe just because it's not it's not necessarily like. But that, like, yeah, because that like, like Afro Afro infused pop vibe uh, is yeah a very uh, UK kind of feel right now. Yeah. I thought I mean I thought it was dope. I loved it. I thought it was good. It's definitely a summer yeah. giant, you know. Definitely a summer vibe. Definitely a lot of cultures. And Mark, I, I definitely hear what you're saying too in terms of like I, I think that Europe in particular and like the UK and France and Germany and like kind of like that southern border coast of Europe is all much more friendly when it comes to like cultural cultural mashups like that. Like right. taking electronic music and then like throwing in like a ton of Caribbean vibes and like throwing in a bunch of Afro-Cuban vibes too. I, I liked it too. It was definitely not a matte pick. Definitely no. not something I expected at all. It no. wasn't like a sad girl industry plant. So like I'm not really sure what's <laughs> what else to say yeah. but um i i will say too i though, told you i'm on a different energy do you right feel now. attacked <laughs> i'm on a different energy right now it was cool i do like again to be the old man in the room like i definitely think those transitions could use a little more love because i loved each one of those sections like once we were in it but like and and 
like you were saying, Mark, that like trap not halftime breakdown, I think could have been a lot more effective if we got into it a little more efficiently and like with a little more like of a build up to it. Like if we kind of like saw it coming at the, out of a distance and that outro is just sublime also. I think that's totally valid and I agree with you, but hearing that quote kind of uh, about the Brooklyn backyard really reminded me, like it kind of made me recontextualize it and mind you, I don't think that music should have to be dependent on a quote from the band to stand, but the idea of like you're sitting in the backyard having a barbecue and like different people come in and different vibes come in, different cars drive by playing different music, like that is, uh, yeah, you could see that, the kind of abrupt shift where it's like you're kind of just going with it because like you're out here and it's fine. Everything's going to be chill. That's soundtracking our summer now. It really is. (laughs) Summer Um, 18. Keep that same energy. Keep that same energy. Switching to a completely different energy. Mark? Want to tell us a little bit about uh, Siege Monstrosity? Sure. Siege Monstrosity is a producer out of Detroit. Started off, he wanted to be a rapper. He started rapping before he was a producer. And then uh, got a job working at Guitar Center. And working there would make beats on the equipment that was in the store, just like as a side thing, like a side hustle to try to make beats. And uh, it turned out that Tyrese Gibson was walked into that Guitar Center that he Yo. worked in, and what? one of his co-workers brought Tyrese over to one of the NPCs or whatever and hit play. He was like, listen to this shit. Tyrese was floored by the beat, and like that was it. That was, that was who brought him into the world of production, Tyrese Gibson, <laughs> the kid who sang on the bus in the Coca-Cola commercial. Oh, my, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's who did it. So, oh, my God. So uh, he did that, and he went on to produce with Buster, for Busta Rhymes, did stuff with Dre, Snoop, I mean, everybody. The thing is, I don't know why he's not more popular than he is or why he's not known on a broader scale, but he was, you know, Buster Rhymes once said that out of Detroit that besides Dilla and one other guy, I can't remember who he said, that uh, that Siege was one of the best producers to come out of Detroit, which is, you know, that's crazy because a lot of great producers come out of Detroit. Yeah, that's, that's a humongous statement. This is uh, Believe by Siege Monstrosity.
Wow. That motherfucker's drums are incredible. Wow. He was making a, he made a beat one time and he was talking about um, how he has to make sure his kicks and his snares are always talking to each other. Uh, you know, whenever I they, like that. When they mm. when, whenever he says everything, he's like, make sure everything connects right. Like everything, all his drums. And he spent, I'm sure he just spent so much time just like putting every, everything is just spaced properly. Everything just fucking communicates with everything. Yeah. You know, and his intro and in that, I really loved how it had all the singing and then it broke down to, for the very last split, something very, Small and nothing, and then smash him in the face with a fucking bag of bricks. I wrote down three letters as my notes. Hove. <laughs> <laughs> I, was I, that that well. I was thinking that, but I didn't write it down because I was like, that's basic. <laughs> Damn. That's all I felt. I was like, why doesn't Jay Z have this beat? Yeah, I was thinking right? that. How does no one know about him? Like, he's know, so man. fucking hard. Like, that shit's so hard. And it's know. very, very, very satisfying where it's yes. like he just knows exactly the thing you want to hear next. And he's like, oh, I'm going to give it to you. Oh, I'll give it. And it's like the way he puts it together, it sounds like that's like could have been like a band playing it live. Yeah. Like, that's the crazy part is like all these chops come together. And it's like, how the fuck isn't this from one record? Yeah. Like, how? Yeah. And it's interesting. That's incredible, man. Yeah, it's interesting that you said the thing about the drums because I was thinking like the way that the drums are working with like everything else is you notice it. Like it's, it, I mean, everything blends together perfectly, but like it is notable. Yeah, yeah they pull. Stro told me about him. That's how okay, That's how go. I found this dude. Yo, shout out to Stro. Yeah, Stro Elliott. I also really appreciate this. We we don't play a lot of instrumental music. The, like, the reason I wrote down Hove is because that would lend itself to a rapper so well. But I really appreciate like introducing something like that and just that's like that's the song we're listening to. You have to listen to it differently because you're like, nobody's coming in. This is the song. And you kind of approach it differently. And especially like us where our, what we're doing is just like taking notes to then talk about it after. And so it made me be like hyper aware of what sounds I was listening to and what's in the beat where that can get lost a lot of the times when you're like focused on the lyrics of a verse or whatever. Like it's like a disservice to not just sit and listen to it and, and like take it all in. Katie, do you feel like your next song could also <laughs> handle feature our whole home? feature? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this one is a Katie pick. I accidentally went with a theme. So like first band was the, the nude party. And this one, this band is QTY, uh, but the song is called Dress Undress. So a lot of like nudity in this set for some reason. But we're positive about it. You know what? I feel really good about it. We're, we're a sex positive podcast. That is true. So this band... QTY, uh, actually Matt and I saw them together. Maybe you weren't there yet. This was at the Heinz show. They opened for Heinz. I wasn't there yet. Oh yeah, you were late. And I was like, where are you? This opening band is dope. They opened for Heinz uh, and that's how I discovered them. And, you know, I showed up a little early to the show and I shamefully admit that I will oftentimes if there's a band I'm going to see, I'm not going to show up for the opener. Like I'm, and this actually has made me change my mind where I'm now doing it a lot more because I was like, why do I keep doing this? Like I'm such an idiot. Why do I keep missing these openers? This band completely blew my mind. Uh, they kind of have like a rock revivalist thing going. They're from Brooklyn. They only have 2,475 likes on Facebook or like uh, followers. And uh, yeah, they're really interesting. So this is QTY, Dress Undress. <laughs>
Yeah, so I feel like that was a Katie pick, right? I would say so. I feel like that was a Katie pick. It was garagey. You know, I love a dueling vocal. I love that it was um so they have two lead singers actually, Dan and Alex. And uh, I remember Dan does most of the songs. They only have one album that's a self-titled. It came out last year. And uh, when I saw them live, Alex, who's the woman, she sang maybe like one or two songs. And she was so good that I was holding my breath. Dan obviously has a great voice. It's kind of that like uh, early aughts, like New York downtown sound, I thought. But yeah, I, I love the way that they kind of combine those. It really does feel like it's kind of fronted by two people. Everyone does love a good clap along. Yeah, it's oh, a clap got, along. This bench was feeling it. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that was dope. I like that yeah, one. Yeah. Okay. Something about it was Springsteen-ish to me. I don't know mm-hmm. what. Totally. Yeah, right? Like a, it had a little jangle. Yeah, it did, right? <laughs> it, it did. It was, it, you said, it, it was are they tough. from New York? I don't know where they're originally from, but they're like very much identified as like a New York band. Yeah, they had a nice groove. That is not the type of music that I gravitate towards often, but I feel it in like the mood, you know, and it's like, it's the groove where you just get caught up in the groove and you're like, here we go. And I don't think I'm good at like finding those kind of bands, but... I don't know. I fuck with it. I like how short it was, actually. Yeah. I think they, they committed to kind of the two minutes, 50 seconds thing. And I do really love that outro. Yeah. I, I, there's like something about like the kind of like nervous energy as like the vocal starts to like rush a little bit. And it's just like, I don't know. It like It's like kind of antsy in a good way. It feels like weathered. The grunge aspect of it or like what it's what's in his voice like feels like. Maybe that's that Springsteen shit. thing you were talking yeah, about. Maybe, like there's, yeah. yeah, it feels like it got dragged a little bit, yeah. you know? They've seen dragged some behind shit. a train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. What are we doing? Finishing it off. Not finishing it off. Not finishing it off. Wow. Not anymore. Dave doesn't have the last picks anymore. Kind of nice. My second pick of the night, also feeling kind of a summer energy. Another young man named Jeff Aris from the UK uh, dropped a song called Found My Feet about 20 days ago. It's still super low. Only has 2,000 Twitter followers. Not really much more I want to say before we get into it. Uh, so once again, the artist Jeff Aris with the song Found My Feet. Bada bing, bada punch. Hashtag I aim for the moon. Flashback, I zoom to the zoom and you're blocking the view. Can't see the elevation, can't see no innovation. Don't call me a fool. You see me on roast and they call me a goon. But don't make us stupid or moves. Straight close enough to be cool. But run back and fight for the food. Jack and Jones popping those. Ooh. Got the flow to jock the host. True. Drop a low, but pop a low. Ooh. Effect the change like domino. But still got an idiot on my doorstep. I never been greedy, but I force it. For the art, for the game, for the Corvette. Cause right now the 31 day, I'm a force it. don't play with my like me flex like I can't be cheap I rewrote the tune cause man going platinum too I told you the kid go poo I be running on a whole lot of confidence I'm better than a whole lot of lot of them Perfection in me, please, the ego be knee deep I'm getting by the whole lot of compliments I've never been special, till I hear my own damn echo Hopped on the bike, then pedal Frostbite on my seat, settle I'm such a high-key fellow Show man how I move better It's evident, so I had to come through with the banger then It took a lot to push away the pressure, man You don't gotta confuse it with arrogance Enemies there for my right hand, oh Baba God there for my center, yeah don't mistake my peace for weakness I found all the missing pieces Why so keen on drumming? You're walking on flying Oh, yeah, yeah I fly way too much, my feet don't touch the ground Oh, yeah, yeah I fly way too much, my feet don't touch the ground Oh, now I'm I thought I could, I could breathe again I fell
the ground. Yeah, we're having fun out oh, here. Shit. Let's keep that same More. energy. Again, again. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can sit still. That was really good. It yeah. was fun. Another really good example of over-the-top island energy, which I really appreciated. And it's just this track that's really well put together. Uh, a beat with a ton of rhythm to it, a vocal sound with a lot of great character, and a melody with a ton of rhythm too, which I think is is super undervalued in, in music. This is the first track that Mark took notes on, and I'd like to hear Mark's <laughs> notes. <laughs> Well, no, like the, I, I think the programming in it was really nice. I liked that um, there was a lyric where he said, I'd be running out a whole lot of confidence, and there was like a delayed synth that mimicked the rhythm of his lyric. There's like a lot of little subtle things they did in the production of this song that I thought were uh, interesting. And I really liked how it morphed into like a, a jazz cruise towards the end of the song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like a, you know, bass licks and all this other shit. Like it was, it was good. That was, was ridiculous. Good. Yeah, they, that was... They, they paid close attention to detail in this one. I thought it was good. It had pop appeal and then just like threw some stuff in there for the nerds. Yes. You know yeah, what I mean? They yes. did. They absolutely <laughs> Everyone did. Everyone could like have a good it's chuckle. Like, it's basically Sean Paul, but right. way, way smarter. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that dude can spit. Yes. Like he yeah. can fucking spit. And oh my God. It's hard to be able to bounce around on a track like that and rap like that like the only person that does it super well right now is someone like gold link who's like can make that go-go dance style dmv influenced music and like rap over those beats and this guy is doing it with a very different influence very different vibe but he's fucking spitting so like very hard like my notes are like the flow is wild the verses are wild like it's like that's all it's, I have. It's yeah. the rhythm. And like, especially in those melody parts, like I think it's so undervalued being able to have like a strong complementary rhythm in a written melody or in a written flow, like to a beat. And I mean, the two work together so, so well that it just like drives the track forward. It's like building on top of itself. Yeah. And I love that soul sacrifice conga breakdown. It's great. Let's get Santana. Out yeah. <laughs> For real. Give me the Santana remix. Where did you find this? Uh, I don't know. You ask me this every time. I never write it down. I, have to, like, I don't know, yo. This is crazy. Yeah, that's it. We I mean, it. we did it. 3.9. So let me break it down. We went around. We had Indigo to Souza, opened it up with Home Team, Hibernation by Sam Gallatry. Um, and then we had The Nude Party, played Records. We went with Son of a Bad Man by Marcus Adam. Then we had Mind by Black Grapefruit. Believe by Siege Monstrosity. Dress on Dress by QTY. Found my feet from Jafaris. Mark, the legend. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your taste. Thank you so much for your picks. Mark, can I just say that uh, as somebody who I really like admire and like think you're a genius, I feel extremely validated that we had really similar opinions on a few of those tracks. You know what I mean? Where yeah. I'm like, all right, maybe I do know some shit. Hey, this is right? beautiful. Right? Now, all the way from London, we have a special Rashad pick that gets no intro except for this is Velvet Light by Jacob Agawa.